Are you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, <laughs> actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself! Hey, everybody! Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Jerome, you're going to applaud? Yeah, OK, we got Jerome. Now we got everybody. <laughs> I'm going to call people out by name if they don't clap. Clint, nope. Jim, that guy there, Cleora. OK, great. You know what? I didn't know any of these people until about uh, 10 minutes ago, and now I've learned all of their names. Wow. And we also are going to have an intervention later. <laughs> so that should be fun, too. Wow. Uh, Helen, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I have some news to share that I've been meaning to do it for a while. <gasps> uh, somebody made a wiki for our show. What? Yes. A very Wait, nice... Was yeah. that somebody you? No, no, it was it was not me. I, was it somebody I, Jim? No, it was not somebody Jim. And it wasn't me! And it wasn't me. It oh was my gosh. somebody unrelated officially to the show decided that there needs to be a wiki, a page to describe the episodes of this show. It's someone named uh, Sam Lewis who, who uh, notified us on Twitter Sam that, Lewis. Uh, that, uh, that he or she or they had done this. They've got f our first five episodes up, and it's very detailed about what some of the topics and the questions were and who scored points and what Is happened. Is it accurate? It's a wiki. Um, <laughs> It's Wikirit. Yeah. Wikirit. But, uh, it's at GoFactYourWiki, which I already love. GoFactYourWiki.fandom.com. And so if anyone's listening wants to contribute or add or embellish or, or change things completely, just make it revisionist history. Oh, my gosh. We'd love you know, to do it. This is making me uh, have like feel some kind of way because... I, Helen Hong, don't have a wiki page. Not even a Wikipedia page? What is wrong with you people? Yeah. What is have, wrong with you people? No, I do have a Wikipedia page. It's quite possible, if not likely, that I did create that one. <laughs> uh, by the way, I have some breaking news just in from Dave McKeever, our live sound engineer, who is handing Helen a phone oh my God, that I has her Wikipedia page on it. I have a wiki page. Dave, you are quick. You made that wiki page in the time that we've been talking about it. No. I'm a contributor. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You do have a wiki page, Helen. Guys. Oh, my God. I'm having the feels. You are having the feels. But it was this like that first like... time. It's like the first time you saw your name in the phone book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This was, I was feeling a little like, even like, even before the show when you yeah. were like, oh, I want to talk about our wiki page. I was like, Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Let's, let's go fact yourself has a wiki page. That's fine. I'm not going to be upset about it that I don't have one. But I have one. You have one. What a turn of events. What an emotional roller coaster. I'm so excited. Thank, whoever made that, thank you so much. Because you saved me from the embarrassment of having to make my own wiki page. Yes, yes. Well, you know what we are going to make our own today? Our own fun. <laughs> Also, our own awkward segues. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, later we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first? She is a comedian and writer who hosts the live game show podcast, Let's Go Atsuko, a woke Japanese game show. It's Atsuko Okatsuka! Atsuko Okatsuka! <laughs> Hello, Atsuko. Have a seat right here. Hello, hello. hello. How are you? Welcome, Atsuko. Thank you so much. Hi, congrats on your Wikipedia page. I am page. like really so excited. Yeah. I did not know I had one until just now. This is now a party. 
This is not Wikipedia. Ain't ceremony. no party like a wiki party because a wiki <laughs> party right. is not well sourced or accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Otsko, first of all, am I saying your name correctly? You are. Okay, you I've are, been practicing yeah. all week. Have people mispronounced your names in, in, a, in interesting or unusual ways? What do you get? Uh, yeah, well, I've gotten coming to the stage, my best friend, and then they point at me. <laughs> uh, and so, what? just I, I've been come. Yeah, I've been brought onto many just stages. Just yeah. and then I I know it's me, so I go up <laughs> uh, because yeah, I've. That's I've that's shameful. I would die for this person, you know, and then yeah. that's how you, yeah, Good old what's become her name. best friends with someone you met once, you now, know? Now, speaking of things crazy that have happened on stage, you had pretty much the ultimate L.A. stand-up performing experience because you were on stage when an earthquake hit. Oh, my gosh. That's, oh, wow. Thank applause, you so much. Applause for wow. all the natural disaster. <laughs> And her she, getting through. What was that like? Yeah, to be on stage she didn't die. When oh, earthquake happened. <laughs> yeah, it was the 7.1 magnitude earthquake. I was going up on stage at the Ice House Comedy Club, and I go I go up on stage dancing. So I went up dancing. Everyone's screaming. 200 people, and you think it's because of your dancing, you know? <laughs> and uh, it felt. I I was so like I was getting cocky. I was like, yeah, it's me. Woo! And uh, I realized it was screams of terror. There was a video of it, and the video the clip went viral because. Literally, the club was shaking. <laughs> like, the lights above your head yeah, were yeah. shaking. And you were like, guys, I think that was an earthquake. And everyone's like, yeah, that was an earthquake. I know. And I had never been in a leadership position before like that, <laughs> where 200 people's lives were in my hands. I had the mic. I was on stage. I could have led people to safety. Yeah, but what did you do with that opportunity for leadership? I said, you know, the jokes must go on. And <laughs> I just said, stay seated. I have jokes to tell you. No, I went to art school. I... We were taught to create chaos, you know, in mm. art school, not <laughs> run from it. So, right. yeah. The, the Ice House Comedy Club in Pasadena is actually the oldest comedy club in the United States. So, like, it's not where you want to be. When oh. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, when the, the infrastructure. Shakes, it's really shaking. Helen mentioned in your intro that, you, of course, you host a show called Let's Go Atsuko, a woke Japanese game show. What makes a game show woke? The woke is there so that, you know, you won't leave feeling attacked or bummed or, you know, that you'll leave laughing and feeling good, you know, which um, I, I, growing up, I've watched a lot of Japanese game shows because I grew up in Japan. My parents met on one, too. Uh, they met on a Japanese They game met show? on a Japanese dating game show, yeah. So it's kind of an homage to them, you oh, know. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, you would not exist if not for a Japanese game show. I know. Was it's, it was, was it one of those that crazy so ones? so sad? What? No, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy I'm here. <laughs> we're happy you're here as well. The very woke, the very funny. Mizatsuko. Oh, yay, thank you for having me. Tell it against whom will Atsuko be competing? He is an award-winning columnist and author whose new book, In Defense of Elitism, Why I'm Better Than You and You're Better Than Someone Who Didn't Buy This Book, is available now. It's Joel Stein. Joel Stein. All right, Joel. Joel Stein. Hi. Joel calmly and deliberately approaching the stage. Ah. <sighs> Very comfortable. <laughs> Very good. Now, Joel, you were telling me backstage that you, in fact, are not an award-winning columnist. Or not. No, I've never won any You've awards. You've never won an award. What? I don't know. Maybe uh, nothing important. What, what would be an important award that you would like to win? Uh, this. The, are we getting awards tonight? It's possible, yes. Oh, yeah, I'd like this one. All right, yeah. well, yeah. let's... Uh, Winning this show. You're in a good... You got a 50-50 shot. Yeah, well, probably not. At least. Joel, you were at Time Magazine. Uh, you were a columnist there for about 20 years. How many columns do you think you've done in that time? Seven. 
Really? That was yeah. You really I, put a lot of effort and time into each yeah, one. Yeah, that was their handcrafted columns. Yeah. No, I wrote mostly every every week. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, uh, in your last column for Time, you said since my first column 19 years ago, readers and coworkers have clamored to have me fired. Yes. Is that really true? That is totally true. Not just really? the readers yeah. I could kind of get, but your coworkers didn't I was want in you around. I elevator last week with Sandra Bernhardt. I was at Sirius Radio, and I saw Sandra Bernhardt, and I thought, oh, yes. I once interviewed her, and it ended with her hanging up and calling my boss and asking to have me fired. What? Which wow. I deserved. She was in the right. And I thought, like, oh, I should probably bring this up or apologize. Or, uh, but Wait, I, what had you done? Oh, God, I used to ask celebrities obnoxious questions, and I, I annoyed her. Oh, so she was just annoyed, and she was like, oh, I'm going to have your head. Yes, yeah, and she did. And of course, like that's not an effective way to get someone fired uh, anywhere. Like when you, I'm talk to your manager. Like it never works. Good to know. Wow. Uh, let's talk about your book. As Helen mentioned, it's called "In Defense of Elitism: Why I'm Better Than You and You're Better Than Someone Who Didn't Buy This Book." Why, why are you better than me? What you think you're better than me? <laughs> well, I wrote this book as uh, was furious about the fact that we've disposed of experts and we want people who operate from their gut and who just are good people and kind of know the right thing to do. And I feel like our society is quickly falling apart, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's you know picking a president who thinks he knows more than the generals or whether reading like one WebMD article and going to like argue with your doctor's prognosis mm. regardless of their experience. So that's what the book is about. And uh, people are loving it. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank congratulations. you. No, yeah. 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 I mean, it's a feisty title. It yeah. is a feisty title. And... I went on Fox News this week. The first third of the book is me spending a week in the county with the highest percentage of Trump voters and asking them why they hate me. And it was this county in Texas. So the Fox people were eager to hear about that. And why do they hate you? They didn't. They were really nice. Oh. They just feel like, probably correctly, as you've all noticed, I'm a little smug. And it turns out elitists are a little smug and not so good at listening and finding out what's going on with other people besides ourselves. Well, you do use the term in the book, uh, humble elitism. That's, yeah. that, that's what you're advocating for now? Less smugness, more listening. It's like wearing a suit without a tie. Kind of that's like, that's humble. <laughs> that's what Joel's yeah. going for. That is my first step. The, the cufflinks maybe are... Uh... That's the next step. Oh, that's the next step. Them. All right, one day at a time. One day at a time. I got to get those shirts that oh have the God, buttons I built in. I didn't even notice you yeah. literally have this cufflinks is, on yeah. right now. Yeah. This is what we call a humble elitist. What kind of a difference is there promoting a book on Fox News versus MSNBC, which you've done both uh, recently. It's exactly the same experience. It's just that the emails you get afterwards are different. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much exactly what you'd expect? Yeah, someone's always angry at me, as we'll find out tonight. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe already have. The audience, you have something to look forward to. We're certainly happy to have Mr. Joel Stein. Thanks Yay. for being here. Oh, that's very kind. All right, Joel and Atsuko, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you some expertise. Atsuko, you said you know a lot about Kiehl's products. Oh, my goodness. So it was just a late night. You asked for a list, and uh, that on, ended up on it. there. Own oh, it. yes, I'm, an, I'm a humble expert on this. <laughs> yeah. You also said you know a lot about the TV show Queer Eye, seasons two and three, and... The Americana at Brand Shopping Mall. Thank you so much for letting that be a topic that you accepted. Oh, I'm very excited. Uh, the mall. <laughs> yeah. One mall. One, yeah. one very specific a mall. mall. Yeah. A mall, yeah. Uh, whereas, Joel, you said you know a lot about Old World Wine, the TV show Taxi, and the first 30 years of LBJ's life. That's where I am in the Cara book right now. Oh. <laughs> well, later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference? 
conference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, what a dump. Uh. First up in what a dump, Atsuko. Atsuko, your question comes from a listener, Allison Humphreys of Seattle, Washington. Oh, boy. Hi, Li- Allison. Yes, hi, Allison. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for a what's the difference round, go to gofactorpod.com and click on get involved. Uh, Atsuko, in the topic of what a dump, they are both signs that the place you're in might be dumpy, but what is the difference between a spider web and a cobweb? A spider web and a cobweb. When you see a spider out of nowhere come down and there's like one string coming out of its butt, that is a spider web. Mm-hmm. A cobweb is what you walk into and uh, you, it usually is used to catch you know, the, the prey. Uh-huh. But again, it came out of the spider's but right, but okay. I think it took longer and more care to more make. More care yeah. than just the spider web, which is just one straight shot out of the butt. Right, right, Okay, right, yeah. we have Atsuko's answer. We don't know yet if she's correct. Joel, what do you think? First of all, that's a great answer. Oh, thank you so and much. I, and forced to guess. Which you kind of yeah. are. I am. I'm going to say freshness is the big difference. I think the cobwebs have been lingering there longer mm. than a spider web, which is... Fresh from the butt. Fresh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this segment is attracting flies. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Both cobwebs and spiderwebs are produced by spiders, and the difference has to do if you're talking scientifically or in common usage. To scientists, the difference is that cobwebs are produced by spiders that belong to the family Theridiidae. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. Theridiidae. <laughs> Theridiidae, which are known as cobweb spiders. The best known of these spiders is the black widow. To the rest of us, the difference is if a spider is actively using the web. If it is, it's a spider web. But once a spider abandons its web, it becomes derelict and starts collecting dust. And at that point, in common usage, it becomes a cobweb. That's right. Now, that is unlike what I thought. Sure, some applause for facts. That's unlike what I thought, which is that spider webs are made by spiders and cobwebs are made by corn on the cob. Helen, what does that mean as far as our scoring goes? Uh, I'm going to give Joel one point for freshness. Fresh. You know, fresh, yeah. he did say freshness. He did which, say freshness, but he didn't which, exactly say that it was right, not right, in yeah. use or in use. All right, yeah. one point for Joel. So, Very yeah. good, Joel. Yeah, Joel. Up next in What a Dump, Joel. Joel, your question also comes from a listener, Ashley Reedling of New Albany, Indiana. Joel, they both are signs of dumpy conditions, but what is the difference between unkempt and unkept? Unkempt, with an M, and unkept, sans M. Unkempt means messy. Mm-hmm. Unkept I think quite literally means not kept, not not owned, not. Uh, so if there were a difference between the two, it would right. be one is just sloppiness, and the other sloppiness. is unowned. Uh, unowned. Uh, you don't own it anymore. I had a, I had I had a, a, a Derek Jeter rookie card, and I don't know where it is anymore. So we, that card is unkept. Well, that's just lost. I think. <laughs> I yeah. sold the card, and now it is unkept by me. I think if you found something on the street and yeah. it was uh, abandoned, I see that might be unkept. By the way, I don't really know. Let me make that clear. No, that, that's very clear. Okay, good. Uh, all right, we have Joel's answers. We don't know yet if he is correct. Hatsuko, what do you think? Unkept in a sentence. The necklace that I had with, shared with my ex-boyfriend is no longer unkept by me. I don't know if that's even... It's wrong. I'm kind of stuck on you sharing uh, me too. a necklace. Me, yeah. I need to know more. We shared a necklace. That's, that's where things really went south. But yeah. what, kind of, what, what kind of necklace? Yeah. It was just a locket. I don't remember. It was. I. It was a. I don't remember what the picture was. Was it, was it Billy he, Bob how Thornton? How did he end up getting custody of the necklace? 
He bought it. Oh, oh yeah. But it's un- no you know, longer kept by me, so it's unkept. It's the right. same. You I'm know, just... it's a big step in any relationship when you give half of a necklace to your partner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's unkept. And... Okay, unkept is my my the state of my car, the inside, right? Mm. So it's kind of messy. It's messy. I mean, it's the same thing Joel said. I just had to spice it up since he got to go first. Yeah, it was you spiced it. <laughs> the necklace so spiced I had it. And give... you did. Uh, all right, well, this segment needs to be scrubbed clean. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Both unkempt and unkept mean that something is poorly maintained or neglected. But the difference is what that something is. Unkempt comes from the Old English root word kempt, that means well-combed or neat, when referring to hair. Nowadays, it applies to personal appearance in general, not just hair. Unkept refers to objects or places rather than people. So you can have an unkempt person living in an unkept house, which you see a lot of if you watch Hoarders, my favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, that is right, by the way. Unkempt sometimes applies to things like a lawn where a rake or a comb-like device could be used, which makes sense because I know some people who look like they combed their hair with a rake. Helen, what does that mean as far as our points go? Yeah, I'm going to say both of you bombed out on that one. Oh, All right, I'm sorry, no man. points there. What is our score at the end of that round, though, Helen? At the end of that round, Atsuko Okatsuka has <laughs> zero points and Joel Stein has one point. You don't right. get points for vulnerability? Oh. Or like his, uh, us? <laughs> now, if that were the case, I would win every game. Uh, Those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Yay! We interrupt the podcast you're listening to to tell you about another podcast. That's right. We got this with Mark and Hal. That's correct, Mark. This is Hal. We do the hard work for you, settling all of the meaningless arguments you have with your friends. So tune in every week on the Maximum Fun Network for We Got This with Mark and Hal. And all your questions will be asked and answered. You're welcome. All right. That's enough of that. We got this. to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Atsuko Okatsuka with zero points and Joel Stein with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. I see a little bit from Jerome, a little bit. Uh, Atsuko, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Kiehl's products, the TV show Queer Eye Seasons 2 and 3, and the Americana at Brand. I am so basic, aren't (laughs) I? Not at all. No, you're at least intermediate. Uh, (laughs) Let's find a little bit more about each of those topics. First, you said you know a lot about Kiehl's products. Kiehl's products, it's the only thing I really indulge myself in. Mm -hmm. You know, I I live pretty humbly, but... Your skin looks terrific. Thank you so much. It really does. It's the only thing that I've invested in is my face skin. (laughs) <laughs> and so, because I was getting acne still as an adult, I said, I need to at least care about that. And so I've started just, I only stick to that brand. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm branded with Kiehl's. Oh, wow. So that, okay, so the, it's, it's, for those of you that don't know, it's a bougie skincare line. Is it bougie? I mean, it's very affordable. I would say like a $19 to $39, and it lasts you like maybe four months. You only have to refill it three, three times a year. I buy a lot of stuff at Rite Aid. So like I said, bougie. Yeah. I'm more of a free with purchase kind of a guy. My pants are from H Mart, which is a <laughs> Korea grocery store. 
And Joel earlier said, you look hip. Thank you so much, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah. I bought it from a Korean grocery store. Yes! So let me buy some stuff for my face that's nice. Indeed. You know what Whatever saying? you're doing, it's obviously working. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You also said you know a lot about the TV show Queer Eye, seasons two and three. I meant three and four is what oh. I'm realizing. Oh. Why did I choose two and three? Yikes. Two and three is so, there's one through four out. So like, it's so arbitrary. I said two and three. I wanted the one with, um, with four, yeah. Yes, but I Wait, um, the current Queer show. Eye or the original Queer Eye? The current Queer Eye. Okay. The original Queer Eye was like three. Right. And sorry, I didn't mean to boast. Um, <laughs> I, gosh, I need to calm down. I don't do well in the afternoon. It's, I just get hot and I just Tell us what so you confident. love about Queer Eye seasons two and I, three or three know, and four. You know, I love it because it just makes you feel so good and I want the best for the boys and I feel like the boys finally got their groove and got to really like start enjoying themselves too, so... Yeah. Do, they, do they ever um, suggest that the boys use Kiehl's products? No, because they try to make it affordable for the hero, the people mm -hmm. that they're helping out. So it's like Target products, or they're try to, they'll go to Bonobos or something. Nice. Have you ever imagined yourself on the show, what you would do either as a, as a subject of a, of a makeover or someone who would help to give advice to others? So the next season of Queer Eye is in Japan. and <gasps> It is? Yeah, it is. So when they were going to Japan, I actually got an email asking if I would be their translator. But, you know, there was, I had to admit that my Japanese level is not that great. For the love of the show and the love of the boys, I couldn't, I had to be honest. I was like, oh. they were like, you need to be super fluent Japanese, oh. be able to translate people's stories as people are being vulnerable about coming out and having to hide from society. I, what if I messed that up? And I'm right. like, I, he he said his mom doesn't, you know, like him anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I have to get the translation right, you know, and, and I had to know the streets of Tokyo like the back of my hand, they said, so I had to give, I had oh. to say no. But oh. yes, I have imagined myself on the show. How do you say Queer Eye in Japanese? Um, you, I won't know if you're right or not. <laughs> for real, for real? Sure. Qu queer Eye. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. You thank, know what's crazy? Thank God they got a, a professional translator. <laughs> you know what's I crazy? It's the same in Korean. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Helen, Helen yeah. what is it in Korean? Koyer I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Finally, Atiko, you said you know a lot about the Americana at Brand. Yes, I go there a lot, and it is my second home. This is like a giant mall in Glendale. Yes, it that's is. That's like very fancy. Uh, yeah, but it's free for you to enter. Right. And that's why I love. I love about malls because when you're at the mall, you feel like an equal. Everyone feels like an equal. Even if you can afford to buy something expensive, mm -hmm. like uh, something from Barney's, you know, when you come out, you're still forced to mingle with Forever 21 folk, you know? <laughs> you're in the same mall. We encourage a diversity of, 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 of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, and most of all, shopping choices. Yes. Yes. That's right. Uh, just to go back to the Americana, is there something you like particularly about the Americana um, shopping experience? Experience versus other malls? Well, it's just closer to me. It's closest <laughs> to me. And Proximity there's a, a free fountain show every night at 7 p.m. Oh, really? And your taxes don't pay for it. It's just free? What? What do you mean? You know, <laughs> the, you can just enjoy it. Music comes on. And um, yeah. Like the Bellagio in Las Vegas? It's like the Bellagio. You don't have to be there. And my grandma, who has knee problems, can enjoy it too and feel like she's in Vegas. That's why I love the mall. Awesome. All right. So, Atsuka, to summarize, you said you know a lot about Kiehl's products, the TV show Queer Eye Seasons 2 and 3, and the Americana at Brand. Today, we want to quiz you about the Americana at Brand. Oh my goodness, well I'd never. Wow. How often do you visit the Americana, would you say? Oh, maybe like once or twice a week. Okay, and do you have once a favorite store there? I love the food court, actually. Mm, the food okay. court is where I really hang out. 
and yeah, get it is the, a nice food court. Yeah. It is a nice. They have food a Korean court, yeah. place. They have a great Greek place. I'll meet you there for lunch after. Yeah, we should. Yeah, oh, and the, so the Sabara always gives samples out Monday through Thursday. Yeah, can't go there on Friday, Saturday. You got to go together. No, that yeah. would be too many uh, people. Now you're aware there's a, there's a there's a Twitter account called at uh, Americana Memes that does <laughs> memes just about the Americana. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yes, I am. That's yeah. right. Great. Yeah. And um, oh. now the, the same people. I who don't want to be good at this game. I don't want to <laughs> be good at this topic. <laughs> I mean, if you're Joel's going twice interesting a week, if you're going twice a week anyway, don't you want at least want to absorb some knowledge? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the Americana at Brand to test your mastery in the subject. With oh, my an gosh. Expert I'm level so question. excited. <laughs> worth up to three points. Before that, though, to let you show off, uh, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. Now, Joel, please do listen closely because if Asuka answers incorrectly, you can steal. Joel, by the way, how much do you know about the Americana at Brand? <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> All right. That's, Yay! That, that certainly will help. All right, here is question number one. Okay. The Americana at Brand is a mall, and like all good malls, there's a movie theater, an 18-screen multiplex. 19 movies are playing there as we record today. Wow. Name them. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, name one of the movies showing there today. Oh, today? Right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, at the Americana, what's playing mm -hmm. right now? You have oh. a one in 19 chance. A one in 19 chance. I know. I mean, I know Parasite is not playing there. Is Parasite playing there? Is that your answer? Yeah. Helen, is it Parasite? That is correct. That is correct. How could I get that yes. wrong? That was, Parasite, they got Joker, The Addams Family, a I whole mean, bunch of other I mean, 19 movies, yeah. like, that's yeah. a lot of movies. Very I'm good. actually surprised they're lately. playing Parasite. All right, here we go, question number two. Of course, many people go to the Americana for shopping. There are dozens of stores at Americana at Brand, but only one that has a year in its name. Which one? In the year, is it, well... I'm not doing good. No, no, that's all right. You're doing great. Would you like a hint? Are our hints available? Yeah, let's do a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? I would bet my life that you have been to this store many, many times. Okay. I would bet my life that you, specifically Atsuko, me, have yes. been to yeah. this in fact, store. I would bet everybody in the audience could bet surely that you've been to this store many, many times. It's, oh, yeah, so it's Kiel's 1851. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Heels since 1851. Come on, no, wake no. up! Wake up, you're two you for two. You only talked about it as your expertise. <laughs> Here you go. You know. okay. uh, fun fact, Kiel since 1851 has been around since 1851. I did not know that that was the official name That's of the Kiel's. official name. Yeah, very good. You're two for two. Here's your question number three. The Americana has a number of chain stores, but also some stores that have a unique location there. Which of the following stores cannot be found anywhere in the world except at the Americana? Okay. Crew Cuts by J. Crew. Disney Baby, Sea Eyewear, Indochino, Gorgiana, or Nespresso Boutique? I would say it's Nespresso Boutique. Helen? That is not correct. No, I'm terribly oh. sorry. Joel with a chance to steal. Oh, jeez. I have to remember all the, the things <laughs> I posted. Um, I can repeat them if you like. I'm going to go with uh, the J. Crew one. Helen, is it Crew Cuts by J. Crew? It is not. No, I'm sorry. No point there. Audience, anyone know? Disney Baby. It is the oh. only Disney Baby? Baby store in the entire world. Isn't that crazy? Jeez, they should make it more accessible all over. There's all kind. There's so many babies. Yeah. Everywhere, Some... and they would love Disney. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's where I get my Disney babies. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's see if you can bounce back with question number four. All right, four. let's bounce back. You can, of course, walk around the Americana at Brand, but you can also take what they call a trolley. 
though we know it's technically a tram because we learned the difference between a tram and a trolley in episode 47. I heard that episode. Oh, thank you so much. Well, as I'm sure you know, it was built by the Gomeco Trolley Company of Ida Grove, Iowa. But tell us, why is their trolley unavailable to riders every day from 3.30 to 4.30 p.m.? You know, it's like a sushi restaurant. You want to keep it fresh, you know. At a sushi restaurant, it's usually closed like 2.30 to 5 to keep the fish fresh. So they want to keep the fish fresh on the trolley. I would say the workers need to stay fresh. Because the workers need to stay fresh. They need to eat. They need to, they need to take a break because it's so much energy to go back and forth <laughs> on that trolley from Sephora to J. Crew. Helen? That is not correct. No, I'm terribly sorry. That is not <laughs> the reason. Joel, chance to steal. Can I ask for a hint? You may not have a hint if she does not ask for it. Um, but what time? Oh, 3.30 and what? Between 3.30 and 4.30, the trolley is unavailable. There are uh, school issues. There are school issues. Helen, are there school issues? There are no school issues. No. The reason is because is it is it? a battery-powered trolley, and they need to recharge it. Oh, oh my It is one gosh. of the world's only battery-powered trolleys, and it needs to recharge for an Very hour. Very interesting. It's like wow. the Tesla of trolleys. Oh, I, so I was almost there about refreshing. The they need yeah. to refresh their I would, energies. I would give you the point. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Refresh Helen, the energies. Helen, would you give her the point? I'll give you half a point. Oh, oh I would love a half a point. <laughs> half a point. Wow, thank okay. you so much. Generous, generous uh, hosts here. Fun yeah. fact, it is car number 1717. It has a trailing car named Gigi, and their trolley or tram was designed by a Disney Imagineer named George McGinnis. Oh, my uh, gosh. All right, here we go with your last question of oh. this quiz. Big pressure. You've probably had people tell you, if you love the Americana at Brand so much, why don't you live there? Well, you can, with <laughs> over 200 luxury apartments as part of the complex. Your question is, within $300, what is the average monthly rent for a one-bedroom apartment there? You do have a hint available if you'd like to use your second hint. Okay, I would like to take my second hint. Helen, how about that second hint? Two bedrooms at their Raleigh building rent for $4,550 per month. So this is a so this is a one bedroom. Yes, for a one bedroom, then what would it be? Okay, wow. Okay. So if the two bedroom is forty five fifty, it and may be less than that. I know. I knew it was. I knew it was pricey. I mm-hmm. always knew, but uh, I'm gonna guess for a one bedroom, it's like thirty. 800. Helen, 3,800. Is that in our range? It is not in no, our range. No, I'm terribly sorry. Joel with a chance to steal. I have been to these apartments. Uh, when I first came out, I wrote a column about it for the LA Times because I thought it was so crazy to live in a mall. Uh, I'm stalling. Uh, <laughs> $3,200. Helen? That is in the range. That is Whoa. in the range. $3,000 is the average. Oh. Uh, we th- 3200 was, was within that range. A successful steal by Joel. Still, you did pretty well in that round, Otsuko. Did but I? Now, Thank you. Now, here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Perhaps the most iconic element of Americana at Brand is its fountain, which seems to dance as music is played in a water spectacular every hour. Right. For up to three points, answer these questions. What is the name of the fountain? What is the company that designed the fountain? And aside from the holiday playlist, name one of the songs that have specific fountain choreography programmed for it. I get a kick. Out of you. Is that a one of the songs? That, that is one that you can answer with if you like. <sighs> what is it? I get a kick out of you. I get a bum, kick bum, out of you. Bum, 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 yeah. bum, bum. Helen, you're getting all that down. Um, I wrote it. Okay, great. I wrote down the bum, bum, bum. Okay, okay and then I also have to answer two more. Yes, we so want to know what is, the name of, what is the name of the fountain and what is the name of the company that made it? There is a golden naked man uh, coming out of it. So I wonder if it's like, you know, like a... Greek, you know, it's like the Hercules. The Hercules. The Hercules. Okay. 
and uh, the company, you know, who, yeah. the, probably the same company that made the trolley, the oh. tram, mm -hmm. right? But I can't recall that that company but right the, now. But the tram company. Right, right. Want to just give it a name or yeah. name, give us a name of one of your pets or something? <laughs> Kiel's, Kiel's 1851. It, it was Kiel's 1851. <laughs> wow. They really do everything there, don't they? Uh, very good. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have today? Here with us tonight is an Oscar-winning effects designer who is the director of design technology at the company that designed the fountain for the Americana oh, wow. brand. It's Jim Doyle. Jim Doyle. Hi, Welcome, Jim. sir, Mr. Doyle. Hi, Jim. <laughs> big fan. Big fan of your work. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mr. Doyle. Before we get to Fountains, let's talk about some of your other work in show business. You spend over 20 years as a special effects designer. There are so many things to cover here, but one of the things I wanted to make sure to mention is that you did a very specific effect on a movie called A Nightmare on Elm Street. What is it that you made that people might recognize? Well, I did all the effects on Nightmare on Elm Street, but there's one particular prop that I really wish I had a percentage of. It's the glove. <gasps> it's the glove. He made it. Wow. You glove. made the glove? Yep. That terrifying spiked monstrosity, you made it? I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you have it on display in your home? No, no, no. people just know I did it. So. Oh, okay, but it's enough. so that's memorable. Enough. Now, you also worked on a, many music videos. One that I believe our audience will be quite familiar with is Michael Jackson's Thriller, and that actually is what led to your Oscar in, in a roundabout way. Will in you a roundabout us, way, did. Tell us that um, story. It, in, we did... Uh, three weeks on Michael Jackson's Thriller, and one of the things we did was the, all of the effects for the graveyard. And in those days, if you wanted to do a little lying fog, you might just take liquid nitrogen and basically dump it out of the, of the container and it would pick the humidity out of the air and then you would have fog. So it makes a nice mysterious looking fog and it's insanely expensive. So taking that idea over a couple of years and a, and a couple of children's shows and a couple of dance shows, I came up with a way of using liquid nitrogen to make fog extremely efficiently um, so that, uh, for instance, it was used in Terminator 2 mm -hmm. when, they, when they froze the Terminator. Oh, right. That was my stuff. Wow. wow. So it's, it's very controllable, it's very white, and everybody loves it, and somebody decided to give me an Academy Award for that. They did for technical achievement. Congratulations. Yeah. That's wow. very cool. You know you're doing something right when they invent a category for you to give yeah, an award. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well. Uh, Tom Hanks said, "Gee, this guy has a an Academy Award for fog," and so I do. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you also were a Disney Imagineer that we mentioned I was, uh, earlier. I was. So there's a lot of Imagineering going on at the Americana brand. It turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So why did you want to leave that and get with a company that makes fountains? Um, because I was in the film business. <laughs> <laughs> it was the business part. It was, it was an opportunity to escape the film business. I see. So, um, because the film business is populated by insane people. Um, <laughs> and it, it, was, it was getting to be too much about the money and the $20 million here and all this. And it wasn't creative anymore. Mm. And this guy that I knew from Disney called up and said, would you be interested in redoing the Mirage Volcano, what you know about effects? I said, sure, you know, I'll come over and do that. And that was a four-month job, and that was 25 years ago. Wow. Yeah, so. You must really wow. love it. I do. I yeah. do. Some of the work your company's done, uh, it's all around the world. In Las Vegas, the Bellagio Fountain, as we talked earlier, yep. uh, the Mirage Volcano. Mm -hmm. In Dubai, the world's largest performing fountain of any kind. In Salt Lake City, the Olympic Flame Cauldron. That was me. Yeah. And then in Los Angeles, uh, the fountain at the Music Center, the Grove, and the Americana at Brand. Correct. Not bad. Yeah. 
Street glove. The glove. <laughs> that is very varied. That is. Let's talk about the fountain at, at, at the Americana. What, what's different about it? How was it challenging more or less so than the other projects that you'd worked on? Rick Caruso is a tricky guy to work with. He, and Rick Caruso is it's his company that's his development. He's a developer. Yes. He also developed the Grove. Yes. He's really specific about why he wants a water feature in his space, mm. which is really good for us to understand because these are a large investment. So what do you want this feature to do for you? And he said, I want this feature to take people to a park in their hometown. Mm. That set us up in sort of an organic vibe. Finally, we ended up with that, the circular shape with the performance part in Mm. it. And then it sort of heads off on a little stream down to the gold statue. Um, And that, it took months to figure out how to pull all that stuff together so it didn't look like three separate parts. So, um, and once that was settled, it, w- it went in pretty easy. And most of the water in that fountain is recirculated. All of it is. All of it is. All wow. Of it is. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And uh, we talked about how, how it's choreographed to, to different songs and how you actually have to program that. What, what goes into programming uh, the fountain to synchronize with the song? Well, it's more trying and difficult than most people would think. You come into it, you are basically involved with the design, so you understand, you ask things, you request things. You're given usually a few weeks to program one song Mm -hmm. because it takes several days to do one minute. So it might take 20 hours. Several days to do one minute. One minute. Wow. This isn't joysticks and things. This is actually writing code and working out what things, because it's it's a very technical thing to do. Are you working on a model in your office that you then bring to? We have a model, Mm -hmm. um, but we're actually working in a virtual space. Um, that we transport with us. And so you do the whole thing in the virtual space, and you look at it, and it's great, and you show it to the client, they love it, and then you take it to the space and find out that nothing works. <laughs> so you spend several days there tuning everything because reality is not the same as a virtual space. That's terrific. And uh, how often do you go and see your work at Americana? I'm usually there maybe six to eight times a year. It must feel pretty special to watch people watch the fountain and be as delighted as that's they are. Why I, that's why I still work at wet. Yeah. Uh, because nobody has a bad day after mm. they've seen a wet water feature. Right. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt anybody's day. Yes. And there are millions of people that do that a day now. Yes. You, I think you gave away one of our answers. The company is called WET, uh, capital W, capital E, I did capital give it away, T. didn't I? Yeah, you? that's all right. That's all right. So it's not Kiel's? It's not. Well, no, well let's get no. to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Atsuko. We wanted to know first, uh, what is the name of the fountain at Americana at Brand? Helen, what did Atsuko say? She said Hercules. And uh, is that correct, Mr. Doyle? It is not. No, I'm terribly sorry. What is the actual name? The Waters of Americana. Waters of Americana. I'm sorry, Got no it. point there, Atsuko. That it makes sense. sense. It yeah, does yeah, make yeah. sense, yes. Yeah, uh, water next, feature, yeah. Next, we wanted to know what was the name of the company that designed that fountain. Helen, what did Atsuko say? Atsuko said Keels 1851. <laughs> and Mr. Doyle? They were not involved. They, no. they were not, um, no. What no, was that company? Wet. It was called Wet, yes. Yeah. But Keels since 1851 does take advantage of the fact that it's there. Keels has wet products, too. But anyhow, I don't... <laughs> you, you, mean, you mean ones that moisturize? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and, uh, and what does wet stand for? Is it a... It's Originally, just a wa- it was water entertainment technology. Mm-hmm. Got it. Oh, okay. oh, very good to know. Finally, I wanted to know from Atsuko, what is one of the songs that has specific fountain choreography program for it? Helen, what did Atsuko say? Atsuko said, I get a kick out of you. And Mr. Doyle? Uh, no. No, I'm terribly sorry. You were pretty close. There, w- there was Ain't That a Kick in the Head, which is a song about kicking. Uh, <laughs> what, are, what are the songs that are programmed to uh, dance with um, the water? Get Happy, Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. 
America, the version by James Patrick. Beyond the Sea, of course, Bobby Darren. Mm-hmm. What a Wonderful World with Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. You're the First, My Last, and Everything That's Everybody's Favorite, Barry White. <laughs> Everybody loves that song. The Prayer with Andrea Bocelli. And it's not unusual, the version performed by Tom Jones. Very, very good. That's what I was getting it mixed up. Of. Yeah. yeah, wait, what was it called again? Um, it's not unusual to me. Oh, it's, it doesn't, uh, that you can snap to it. You yeah. definitely could snap to it. I can <laughs> see how you get confused. It's not that unusual. Yes. I get a kick out right. of Right, no, those are the only two songs you can snap to, <laughs> I so I can see how you were confused. I know it now. Uh, Atsuko, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to our expert while we oh have a Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that you were here. I, you know, and the things that I was, I mean, I was just saying, Bellagio, you know, my, I was saying my grandma does have bad knees, and so she hasn't been able to, like, go to Vegas, and so when I was equating the Americana, you know, water fountain to the Bellagio, it's crazy to, of course it was designed by the same person. Same folks. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm so glad, you know, like, uh, again, like, I'll get excited about a fountain that's, you know, available to the mass, you know, it's a free entertainment that you created for people, so thank you so much. Well, 99.9% of our work is available for free. <laughs> Jim, if people want to find out more about you or your work or what WET does, where can they go? www.wetdesign.com. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for Thanks coming. For Jim Doyle from WET Design. Bye, Jim. Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that round. At the end of that round, Atsuko Okatsuka has two and a half points, and Joel Stein has two points with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Joel about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Atsuko and Joel will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. If you like MaximumFun.org podcast, chances are you are an enthusiastic consumer of good media. Which is why we're here to tell you about the outlier show on (laughs) MaximumFun.org. The one that just doesn't fit. The Greatest Generation is a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast, and that MaximumFun.org is probably a little bit embarrassed to call one of its shows. And that, more than anything, should inspire you to subscribe and download The Greatest Generation. What is this thing? Why is it here? (laughs) Who listens? All of these answers can be found if you subscribe to The Greatest Generation using your podcatcher or by going to MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Atsuko Okatsuka with two and a half points and Joel Stein with two points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Joel, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Old World Wine, the TV show Taxi, and the first 30 years of LBJ's life. Tell us about all those, Joel. First, you said you know a lot about Old World Wine. I was just trying to find the most obnoxious elitist stuff I could (laughs) inside of this book in defense of elitism. Uh, I do like wine, and I do like European wine, so... That, that's pretty much what old world means. Yeah, it's just the most obnoxious way you can say European wine. Oh, no, okay. you got to yeah. say it while holding a glass, swirling, and being like old world. But wine. It, it implies that like American or Argentinian wine isn't as good. Like, right. yeah, it's yeah. for the plebs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what is it particularly about old world wine that you like as compared to new world wine, or as compared to say old world beer? I think <laughs> this is horrible. I I like a lot of different wines. I tend to think they're not as big and strong and punch you in the face as American or Australian or I see. So you like a more wines. subtle punch in the face. Exactly. All right. Yeah. We'll keep that in mind for later. Uh, you also said you know a lot about the TV show Taxi. 
Yes, it's my, my favorite show, but also I was on a trivia show called Idiot Savants in like 1990, I say five. Yes, that was hosted by a previous guest of ours, Greg Fitzsimmons. Oh, oh so Greg Fitzsimmons walks up to me because I'm a contestant, and I get so nervous, as you can tell, at, at, during a game show, that at some point there was like a question which had three possible answers, and there were three of us competing, and two of the possible answers had already been chosen, so all I had to do was pick the remaining one, mm -hmm. but I got nervous and said one of the ones that had been said before, and Greg stopped the game, walked over, and put his arm around me and said, man, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> which might happen here tonight. Uh, so we had to pick a subject that we would know, and I was working as a fact checker at TV Guide, and there was a book about taxi that had a quiz in the back, and I thought, oh, if I know anything about people who write questions, they're gonna find this book too and ask me these questions. So that's indeed what they did, and they would get about three words into each question, and I would spit out some obscure answer, like $1.22, yeah. and I seemed like an idiot savant. Oh, that's very nice. good. But you still actually do enjoy the show. I do, but I'm guessing you didn't grab that book, so this won't go as well. I do have that book. I'll do you really? That. Yes, I do. This is going to go really? well. I really do, yes. I read it cover to cover. I, I was a big fit I'm a big taxi fan as well, and, wow. and uh, the internet wasn't around yet. Finally, you said you know a lot about the first 30 years of LBJ's life. I'm reading the Robert Caro, or listening to the Robert Caro audiobook right now, and that's where I'm at. So, <laughs> that's why. Yeah. so I figured I probably know a bit about that if, if I yeah. haven't, haven't forgotten already. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it gets weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does he become president? I don't want to. Okay. If you haven't gotten there, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. All right, so to summarize, Joel Stein, you said you know a lot about Old World Wine, the TV show Taxi, and the first 30 years of LBJ's life. Today we're going to quiz you about the TV show Taxi. Oh, wow. the, least, the least elitist choice you could have possibly It is the least elitist made. choice. That's not necessarily why we chose it, but uh, perhaps you'll see why. Uh, do you have a favorite episode? I do. Uh, it would be the Vienna episode. Or, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. episode where they go uh, to Vienna. Yeah, that's really nice. We were actually yeah. this close to asking you a question about that, and we decided not to. So Great. Well, it's interesting that you know that one. Uh, that, of course, is they use Billy Joel's Vienna song as they go beautiful through Europe. Beautiful song. Yes, very, yeah. very lovely. A lot and of pining, which I, I'm a yes. big fan of pining. <laughs> yeah. You're a big fan of the guy not getting the girl? Yeah, because I lived it. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, how often do you watch? Maybe when was the last time? Oh, how often do I not get the girl? Uh, no, no, no. Well, I have not seen... You know, I have a, a son. He's 10. I got... A couple years ago, I made him watch a couple episodes, including mm -hmm. that one with me. Mm -hmm. so, so a couple years ago. What was it like watching it with your son, a favorite show? Did he yeah, like I it as well? I pushed it on him when he was a little young. Mm. So um, he liked it, but I, I'll try again later. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, just as to... with old world wine, yeah. you have to keep, you keep <laughs> he didn't coming like that. back to it. It must kill you that he loves the a Malbec instead of, oh, uh, of a Bordeaux. Bastard. Yeah, such a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic with a three-part question. But for that, we're going to let you show off. Here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed two hints for these five questions. Now, Atsuko, do listen closely because if Joel gets any wrong, you can steal. By the way, Atsuko, how much do you know about the TV oh, show Taxi? Dude, don't worry, I've never seen the show. <laughs> okay. I I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't know it was a show, but now I'll learn things. Okay, great. Well, that's I've never yeah. seen it either. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Maybe it's an immigrant thing. I think it's an age thing. Might be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Congratulations oh, to both of you. <laughs> All right, here's question number one for Joel Stein about the TV show Taxi. Taxi ran for just five seasons, but on two different networks. Yes. Name one of the two networks that originally aired Taxi. Oh, it ran on ABC for four years, then moved to NBC for one year. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> wow, wow. What is... What would you say is the adverb form of elitist? Elitistically? Um, Elitistic? Let's just go with elitely. Elitely. That was okay. very elitely said. Very well done. Elitely. Question number two. Which co-creator of Taxi also co-created the Mary Tyler Moore Show and The Simpsons winning Emmys for them all? James L. Brooks. Helen? Elitely. That is correct. That is correct. Right. 
In fact, I believe the L stands for elite. I think the elite answer was Jim Brooks, which I would like to proffer. You would like to proffer Jim yeah, Brooks yeah, instead? Yeah. All right, well, we're going for his formal name. We don't have okay, that kind of relationship right. with him. Uh, fun fact, uh, James L. Brooks, or Jim, Jimbo as you call him, uh, has won 20 <laughs> Emmys and three Oscars. Uh, those Oscars were for writing, directing, and producing Terms of Endearment. Question number three, taxi featured people driving taxis. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Wait, what? Uh, what was the name of the company for which they drove? The Sunshine Cab Company. Helen? That is correct. Joel Stein is three for three. Right. Boy, for a topic you were reluctant I to uh, get nervous. into, you're doing very good. This is much easier than Idiot Savants. Doing very well. Question number four. Portrayed by Christopher Lloyd, the character of Jim Ignatowski was full of surprises. In a flashback in season four, we learn that Jim attended Harvard University, and we recognize one of his classmates, Gordon, being mm -hmm. played by a future Oscar-winning actor. Tom Hanks. Who was that actor? Sorry, you weren't done. I was excited. It was Tom Hanks. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct, of course, wow. Tom Hanks. Wow. He knows the show. You're four for 40, but chance to go five for five, Joel. Taxi had a memorable title sequence, which featured a taxi driving across a New York City bridge. What bridge is it, and what cast member was driving the taxi? Oh, I'm gonna say it's a Queensboro Bridge, and there's a cast member driving it. Yes. I do have a guess, but I might as well use a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? The actor played a character with the same first name. Mr. Tony Danza. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It was the 59th Street Bridge or the Queensboro Bridge. Uh, Joel Stein is five for five, ladies wow. and gentlemen. Wow, great work, great work. Cleaning up. Elite indeed. Now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. Mm -hmm. It is time for your cluster fact. What is that? <laughs> what are you talking about? I what didn't hear that? anything. All right. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Taxi had some of the greatest sitcom actors and characters of all time, but not all of them were in the show for every season. For up to three points, what actor was in the opening credits for every episode in the first season but never appeared in any other season? What was his character's name? And what did this character spontaneously do in episode six titled The Great Line? I'm going to take this backwards. Okay. He definitely suddenly got married. Okay. He was like a farm kid from, I'm reasoning this out, from like Iowa who came to go to college to become a, like a forester or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like John is involved in one, either his real name or the actor's name. Mm -hmm. um, oh, this is painful. Uh, Finally, geez, you, you were you, coasting through the rest of it. Um, I, I, I'm... I so, failed. do you want to just guess John for the character name, and I'll, then I'll guess John for both. For both, for yeah. both, his name is John. All right. Oh, this is horrible. This is a. It is not horrible. Oh boy. I, I think you have it's a feeling. The pressure. This what? is like this it's is pressure. No, this is big time. This is when Greg comes around and hugs me. Helen, are you okay, man? Oh, thanks, guys. I was your her Thank hand. You. Oh. <laughs> Those are your answers. Uh, Helen is taking note of them. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an actor whose prolific career has included appearances on Malcolm in the Middle, There Will Be Blood, and the first season of Taxi, it's oh, no. Randall Carver. Randall, oh, Randall Carver! Hey, hi. Joel and Randall embracing. Joel, I believe his head was in his hands for a brief moment there. Hello, Randall. What's one? Nope, Joel, 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 come, no, back Joel come back. <laughs> Joel it's is all right. trying to escape. 
Joel, please have a seat. Uh, hello, Mr. Carver. It's uh, very nice to meet you. Let's have a seat there and pull yourself up to that microphone there. Uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> All right. Welcome. Welcome. It's so wonderful to meet you. As I mentioned, I'm a big taxi fan, so this is very uh, meaningful for me as well. We'll talk about taxi in a little bit, but I want to talk about some of your other wonderful credits. Your first credit was Midnight Cowboy. That's correct. Which you seemed too young to have been at the time. You actually had not been to Los Angeles yet when you got that role. No, I was graduated from West Texas State A&M, and uh, I read a little blurb in the newspaper. Part of Dustin Hoffman's new movie would be filmed in Big Springs, Texas, so I got in touch with the Chamber of Commerce, and they told me that Ramada Inn was where everybody was staying, so <laughs> I uh, would show up in the Ramada Inn at Big Springs <laughs> with my eight by 10 black and white picture and say, hello, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. And I would do that before they even signed in as they came in from the airport. You stalked your way into your first role? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, does that work anymore? Can I do that for Picard? <laughs> it works best if you're out of town. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, you should show up for things that are being shot in Oklahoma, but go to Oklahoma and say, hi, I live here in Oklahoma. No, Picard is, is filming in Santa Clarita. That's, oh. that's, that's pretty much like well, another you country. You say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's really terrific. And, and when did they finally give you an opportunity to, uh, to audition for it? I visited with everybody about four or five times, and then they called me up and they said, John Schlesinger, who had won an Academy Award for Darling with uh, Julie Harris, said that it uh, didn't look quite right, but because you've been coming in so much... <laughs> please come and stand in and meet uh, John Voigt and all that. So it was like a receiving line out by the Ramada Inn in Big Springs. Uh, uh, they lined us all up and went through like a receiving line, and Jerry Hellman, the producer, and John Schlesinger, the director, and they pulled me out of the line and put me next to John Voigt and said, we'd like to take a bunch of pictures of you. And, <laughs> And so I said, that's, that's okay. And so I was standing next to John, and he was kind of a little standoffish, you know, a small-town punk and all like that. And he, he, he was supposed to be one, but I was really one. <laughs> so I finally said to him, oh, terrific. I just graduated from West Texas A&M with a degree in speech with an emphasis in theater, and this is my first audition. And he says, wait a minute, you're like, a, you're like an actor? And I said, yeah. And he says... Don't let anybody know. They don't think they think you're just some guy that walked in off the street. So they, they wanted someone who was authentically a, a little yeah. Punk. So I said terrific, and he says don't tell anybody. So he got to pull a fast one on them whenever they all had dinner, and said the guy that you cast to do that line is an actor. <laughs> <laughs> that's but a great. That's cool that he that he saved you. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. terrific. That was... At the Ramada Inn in. In where? Big Springs, Texas. Ooh. Where Hollywood dreams begin. <laughs> yeah. That sounds authentic AF. It's yes. just down the street from Midland. You've heard from here to, how you doing? Uh, yeah. Fair to Midland. Well, it's just right near Midland. Right, right near there. Uh, now, some of the other TV work you did before and after Taxi, you, you were on a guest on many, many shows. One I wanted to ask you about, you were on The Lucy Show. You got ah. to work with Lucille Ball. What was that like? Uh, that was terrific. Uh, I, no way. Yes. Lucille Ball. 
Well, I was really excited. Andy Griffith was the big star that week, and I was doing a co-star role. And again, I played like a punk kid that was a runaway and, you know, one of those. And they had us come in and sing a nice little song for Christmas. It was that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But when I first saw Lucille Ball, I didn't recognize her because we were just sitting around the table and we were talking and running the lines and things. I'm up going to cigarette like this and just talking said oh that's good, that's good. <laughs> she was like that and yeah. then she when of course when it comes time to do it she was hair was all pulled back her hair lucy eyes were on oh. her <laughs> lipstick you know and she looked like a they put Lucy on. Yeah. <laughs> that's like most great. actresses in Hollywood. Yeah. That's the transformation that has to happen. That's, yeah. that's, well, you know. Yeah. yeah. Did you you think to... this is my real face right now? <laughs> Come on. Well, that's great. Thanks. All right, let's talk about Taxi. Uh, was oh, yeah. there a moment where you realized, oh my gosh, I'm on a great show that's a big hit? <laughs> when Judd Hirsch came in, and uh, I'd recognized Danny DeVito from being on... One flew over the cuckoo's nest, mm -hmm. and I had the, you know knew that. Mary Lou, she and I were studying with Harvey Limbeck at that time. She went up for it, and I went up for it. So we started talking, and she said she got another callback, and I said I got a call. I went back for six callbacks. Mm. You what? know, and by the time I got it, I was really fed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's nerve-wracking. You sure. know, oh you, my you, God. you're getting up. To, it's like being a batter. You know, you get up and you got to hit a home run and. And so I was really fortunate on that. You hit six in a row, at least. I guess. Yeah. Well, anyhow, they had me back and kept me, so that was good. You now, I read that you sort of had a sense that they, even, even though they cast you in the role, they didn't quite have a sense of what to do with you once That's you were exactly on the show. That's exactly right. The, uh, all the writers they had were from the East Coast and were uh, urban people. And I thought these people were really top-notch, and they had know what to do, and they kept me along, and they'd give me... But I knew they were in real trouble when they had Tony Danza and me trade lines. <laughs> and you know, and right, you it know, didn't if matter. If that's yeah. the writing, then, you know, they're yeah. in trouble. And that's what Ed Weinberger, who uh, was the executive producer who let me go, called me into his office after the first year. And uh, he says, well, I got some... And I said, yeah, I think I figured that <laughs> out. You know. So it wasn't a surprise to you? Uh, I saw the handwriting on the wall, sure. but I didn't want to read the language, you know. <laughs> to show you how burnt, bummed out I was about it, I thought that the cast would eventually find out about it whenever I wasn't there, and they would say, oh, this is the taxi gang, you know, we'll all get together, blah, blah, blah. Of course, they weren't given the truth when they showed up that day, and they said I was. They were told that I wanted to leave, oh, and no. so there was no, everybody thought I was... I was okay with it, because what am I going to do, cry? You know, I did, but that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a pilot earlier this year that didn't oh. get picked up, and I was, I, 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 it was, I, I had a lot of callbacks, oh. and then I got it, and then it didn't go to series, and yeah, I was drunk oh. at the pub for like a month. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on a show, uh, I was fired after the first season. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I... I don't know if I've bounced back yet. Um, no, you, 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 let, let, yeah. Let's form a club. Yeah. I think there's a support group here. Yeah. I think the club is called Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that stuff you told me is in any of the taxi books at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know a lot of stuff that's not those books. <laughs> all right, uh, it's wonderful to speak with you. could talk with you oh, all day about okay. these stories, but let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game and is there concerned. There, was a, there is a reason. Well, it really, all of this is just an excuse to meet people that I've always wanted to meet, yes. but there is an actual game here. Well, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So first, uh, so we heard the question that we asked of Joel. Uh, we wanted to know uh, on the episode The Great Line, what did the character 
that you may have played uh, spontaneously do. Helen, what did Joel say? Joel said he got married. And uh, Randall? That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. That's a point for Joel. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, next, we want to know from Joel, what was the name of the character who spontaneously got married? Helen, what did Joel say? Joel said John. And uh, Randall? I was John Burns. John Burns. Yeah, uh, would you like sure. to give him a point, a half a point, no points? It's well, up I to you. I think just plain John is great, you know. So you're going to give him a point for that? Yeah, they never called him John Burns. It was just John. All right, that's another point for Joel. Wow. And finally, we want to know who played that great character in the first season of Taxi. Helen, what did Joel say? Joel said John. <laughs> and Mr. Carver? I was, Ray. I was the one that played the guy. That's right. It was Randall Carver. No point there. Thank you. Thank this you. is one of the worst. This is just as bad as Idiot Savants. This is horrifying. <laughs> no, 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 no. Except you get to meet Randall Carver. And feel horrible. I'm so excited and yes. ashamed at the same time. I'm going to need therapy about this. Uh, Mr. Carver, people want to find out more about you or your work. Uh, I understand you have a website people can go to. Yes, uh, randallcarver.com. It was wonderful to meet you. I thank oh, you so much for coming I and telling us these wonderful time. stories. Thank I'm you. glad to hear that. Thank, thank you so much. Randall Carver, ladies and gentlemen. Randall Carver. Helen, how about a score recap as we go into our final segment? At the end of that round, Atsuko Okatsuka has two and a half points, and Joel Stein has nine points. All right, wow. it is now time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements. Each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Atsuko and uh. alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Okay. Atsuko, Antarctica is a continent. Uh, false. Incorrect. Sorry, it is. True. Joel, Antarctica is the smallest continent by population. Of course. Yes. True. Sorry. Correct. True. Atsuko, Antarctica is the smallest continent by gross domestic product. True. Correct. Yeah, there's not much uh, business going on there. Joel, Antarctica is the smallest continent by area. False. Correct. That's right. Australia is. Atsuko, ants are native to Antarctica. False. Correct. That's right. There are no ants in Antarctica. Joel, the word Antarctica and the word ant come from the same root word. False. Correct. That's right. There's no ant in Antarctica. Attica. Antarctica has mountains with active volcanoes. True. Correct. Joel, the active volcano is what killed all the ants. False. Correct. Atsuko, one of the volcanoes on Antarctica is called Mount Terror. True. Correct. Yeah, that's also a great roller coaster name. Joel, there are no insects of any kind in Antarctica. True. Incorrect. No, there is one, in fact, called the Antarctic Midge, but it is not an ant. Uh, Atsuko, Antarctica is the only continent that I haven't been to. False. Incorrect. No, it's, it, 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 I haven't been there. I haven't been there. Uh, and finally, Joel, it's because they won't let me bring my ant farm. <laughs> that is false. All right, we're not going to count those last two. Let's give a nice hand to Joel Stein and Atsuko Okatsuka as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce a winner on today's episode? Who won? <laughs> At the end of the game, Atsuko Okatsuka has six and a half points, and Joel Stein has 13 points. Congratulations, Yay, Joel Stein. You Joel. were the facting champion. Elitism is alive and well. Joel, what will you do with your facting championship? Give it to Randall Carver. That seems very, very <laughs> noble. All right, that just leaves everyone on the panel an opportunity to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Atsuko, where can people find you, and what do you have going on? Well, you can find me all over at Atsuko Comedy, and uh, I have my podcast, Let's Go Atsuko, a woke Japanese game show, where I don't usually lose, So, <laughs> because I'm the host. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, you were a winner tonight because you were so lovely and wonderful uh, to have you on the show. Atsuko Okatsuka, thank you, so much thank you for, for being me. here. Thank you. You all are amazing. Joel Stein, what about you? Uh, I wrote this book called In Defense of Elite. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Why I'm better than you and you're better than someone who didn't buy this book. Uh, and that's, that's all I've ever done. 
All right, great. Yeah. That's available wherever books are sold. And, and then some other places, too. All right. Well, yeah. we're happy to have you in this place. Joel Stein, ladies and gentlemen. All right. You lucky, lucky people have had as your co-host, my hosting partner, the lovely, the talented Ms. Helen Hong. Hello. You can find my performance calendar at HelenHong.com. Follow me on the socials at FunnyHelenHong. And I am in at least four episodes of Silicon Valley this season. Yes, she is, Helen Hong. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Atiko Okataka, Joel Stein, Jim Doyle, Randall Carver. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And hey, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.fandom.com. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Fabula2007 did. He, she, or they said, I love guessing answers along with the contestants, and I get so excited when I answer correctly. We do too, Fabula2007. We do too. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Shelley Herman, Sam Lewis, Adam Needeff, Corey Anotato, the Twitter account at Americana Memes, Pete Sanders at DKC O&M, Jennifer Cuddeback at the LBJ Presidential Library, everyone at Wet Design, Mike Avellanos, Leora Saul, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong. Let's go to the Americana brand. And Keels. <laughs> Hey, it's Jay Keith again. Here's a little bit of what you're going to hear on the next episode of Go Fact Yourself. He is the host of Bullseye on NPR and the proprietor of the Maximum Fun Network. It's our boss, Jesse Thorne. Jesse Thorne. I was having these celebrities come over to my apartment in Koreatown to do interviews. And I realized that maybe <laughs> me being dressed professionally would be marginally less terrifying. Mm -hmm. And was it? Marginally, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah. She is an actor known for her appearances on Arrow, The Orville, and in X2, X-Men United. It's Miss Hawaii 1993, Kelly Hu! Kelly Hu! I was modeling in Japan, and I was told that if I got a title, mm -hmm. they would be able to promote me better in Japan. So I ran in the first pageant that I found that did not have a talent. And... <laughs> Yeah, and that was the Miss Hawaii Teen USA pageant. So Wait, I did you didn't have to like play a flute or No, I didn't have to come up with a stupid talent. Oh. So this was just 100% pure objectification of women. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> That's go fact yourself here at Maximum Fun every first and third Friday of the month. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.